Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I'm going to talk about content audits. It is a concept that I've been familiar with for a few years now, and I haven't really followed through over on Niche Site Project. I'll get into the details on how to do it, and I'll refer over to a blog post at the Ahrefs blog or the Ahrefs blog. It's very good, and I'm going to be using sort of their process, and I'll explain their flow and that sort of thing. And of course, I'll get into the how and why you would maybe want to do this. So if your blog is brand new, you maybe don't have to worry about this so much right now, but I'll give you a tip that if you go through this process on a regular basis, maybe every six months or a year, you won't be in the position that I am in right now, which is I've been blogging for roughly seven plus years, and it's a mess. It is a mess over on the Niche Site Project blog. There are relevant posts. There are posts that are more like, um, you know, a traditional blog where I'm giving you some update about something that's going on in my life. Maybe that was in 2017 and you don't give a shit about it at this point. No one's searching for it. I don't even care about it. It just needs to go. So there's a few, there's a few like key reasons and we'll get into all the details, but if you do this on a more periodic, a more regular uh, sort of maintenance in an ongoing thing that you're always taking a look and pruning your site, you're not going to end up with the situation that I'm in where I'm probably going to delete you know, 100 posts. I'm probably going to consolidate or redirect probably another 100, something like that. And there's a good chance half of the URLs, half the content on the site is going to go away. Highly likely, very highly likely. Another kind of related to the content audit is I have an autoresponder, which at one point had something like 40 plus emails, which is great because I can point people that sign up for my email list to good content, content that has been popular over the years, but it also kind of goes out out of style. So maybe a post that was really popular a couple years ago, or maybe a case study that was very relevant a couple years ago is not relevant right now. Or just the fact that it's been a couple years, people may see a earnings statement or some other information from 2018 or even 2014. And they think, well, that's too long ago. It's no longer relevant. And they automatically just discount it. So my autoresponder, I pruned down a little bit in the last year, but I still have roughly 30 emails in there. And that means I probably need to prune it down a little bit more. The reality is I know that there are going to be emails which direct people towards content that I will be deleting. So these go hand in hand and depending on what your business is like, you may or may not need to go through the autoresponder audit. But that is something I'm going to have to work on at the same time. And for the autoresponder, I honestly, I'm going to basically throw 80% of it out the window. I know there are some very good, uh, very helpful emails where I point people towards content that is still relevant. And the thing is, I'll have to keep probably 
you know, 25, 30% of it. And that'll be the very best. I mean, the good part of this is across the board, whether it's the autoresponder or the blog material, I'm going to be keeping the good shit. I'm going to be getting rid of the stuff that no one cares about, essentially. So it's one of those things that's not fun to work on. I mean, it's called an audit, right? We're doing a content audit. It's not doing anything new. You're going back and reviewing old stuff. So it's it's kind of boring. It's something I've been putting off a little bit. And the sad part is I first was exposed to this idea from the Smart Passive Income podcast uh, probably a few years ago. And there, they had a guest on there who basically deleted one-third of his content and 3 x his traffic, something like that. It was a great headline, very helpful. And it, the, the same sort of process um, is what we do today. So I, I do remember... When I heard that, I was like, oh, I probably should look into this. Again, it was like 2016, 2017. This is a few years ago. And I actually had a few false starts with this process. I deleted a few things. I redirected a few things. And I actually, in 2019, the summer of 2019, I spent a few hours each day for, I think, you know, a couple weeks or so. So I put in maybe 10 days of two hours per day where I was usually deleting content or consolidating content in some fashion. And I did see good results out of that. I saw a little bit of a a boost in traffic and we'll get into some of those details. So before I get too deep into it, I do want to mention we'll have a Q&A segment, all right? We're going to have a few questions and answers here at the end, and I got to thank a sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Ezoic. Ezoic is a Google certified partner, and they've recently rolled out their new site speed accelerator. Basically, it speeds up your your site. It makes it load faster and you really see a huge improvement most of the time with the Google PageSpeed Insight score. Now, if you already have a high Page Insight score, then it's not going to go up as much, but I had experience with uh, one of my sites. Basically, it went from the high 20s, low 30s to the high 90s just by implementing the Site Speed Accelerator. Now, A few people have asked me about using Ezoic and basically using their DNS. The best way you can use the SiteSpeed Accelerator and Ezoic in general is to use their DNS. And the reason why is you're able to use their caching and their CDN. That's a content delivery network. Basically, those are services. Those are things you would typically have to pay for separately but it's included with the SiteSpeed Accelerator. There's a free seven-day trial, so I encourage you to check it out. And again, people are concerned about using the DNS of some other third party, but basically, if you use a CDN, that is what you do. That's like the thing that happens. If you use a CDN, you have to use another DNS, and things are loading sort of outside of your normal registrar and your hosting account, but it helps your site load faster. So it's sort of implicit and I do it myself. So I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it too much. If you're using a CDN, then you're using other uh, servers to load your site anyway. This is a site speed accelerator. So you need to use caching in the CDN. Thus you have a much 
faster loading site. So there's no harm in checking out the free seven-day trial. And thanks again to Ezoic. Let's get into the why and why I'm doing this right now. And it's probably going to be a big piece of my work during February of this year. Basically, traffic has been dropping and kind of just slowly dwindling over on Niche Site Project. Obviously, I've been putting a lot of time into this podcast and into YouTube. The interesting thing is I've never had like a major issue with the Google updates. However, the last few updates, I would see a minor drop here or there. So it was never a, a huge, massive issue where, you know, 80% of the traffic drop or, or 50 or any, anything like that. It was more like, I think it's a little bit lower than it was the last couple of months. And if I zoom out on the Google Analytics graph, I can see, oh, it's, yeah, it's dropped like 10%. That's not good. So this has happened really for the last couple of years. And I haven't been publishing as often or as a regular regular uh, basis on niche site project. The other dumb thing that I've been doing, which I think this is kind of a, a classic thing that affiliate marketers or marketers that kind of blog in my genre, we often do hopefully pretty damn good SEO on our affiliate sites and sites that make us money. And we built them for the purpose of earning money. Usually we do a pretty good job on those. However, on our own blogs, sometimes we think for whatever reason, we're like, I'm just going to blog about what I'm doing. I'm not going to worry about keywords so much and I'll just move forward. Well, that's stupid. So anyone starting a blog, don't do that. Definitely go after keywords. Sure, you're going to have some case studies or something like that where you'll get people just coming back because they want to follow the case study. If you can tie a keyword to those, that's even better. Do that. But the point is, once you accumulate a whole bunch of content where you weren't targeting a keyword, you end up with a whole lot of content that won't bring in any organic traffic. It's essentially low value add content, which is a little phrase I'm going to use again later. So basically, I'm doing this because I put it off for so long. I'm doing this audit because I need to get more search traffic. It's been dwindling a little bit, and now I can see it impacting other areas, which one of the main metrics that I have that tells me if the business is doing well or growing is the number of email subscribers that are signing up. It's been dropping, and I can clearly see that. Part of it, you know, it looked like uh, maybe it was related to, you know, some external factors that I don't really control. And then when I started, you know, seeing more of a trend and see where traffic is dropping, it's clearly dropping from the organic Google search traffic. So I need to do something about it. Again, I put it off for a long time, and at this point, I really need to come back to it and do this work. One of the issues with this is it's kind of hard to outsource. So there are certain pieces that I could outsource and get some help on it, but for me, like some of the technical stuff isn't really a big issue. So 301 redirecting content that needs to be redirected is no big deal. I can do that 
very quickly and easily, it's probably better if I do it than to outsource it because it's just really not a thing that I I need help with. The hard part is going to be going back and reviewing some of the content. So let's talk about how this process and kind of the flow and decision points that you will have to make. Again, I encourage you to check out the blog post on content audit from Ahrefs. There are four statuses or states that we may end up at to describe a certain piece of content. That'll be leave it as it is, manually review the content, redirect, like 301 redirect or update the content, and finally delete the content and it'll be a 404. So I'll recap again. Number one, leave the content as it is. Number two, manually review the content. Number three, 301 redirect or update the content. And finally, number four, delete, and that'll be a 404. All right, so there's four different states. Here's the flow, and I'm going to try to describe it as well as I can. It's actually a flow chart. So is the content, is that web page less than six months old? If so, we'll leave it alone. It takes a little while for content to age, and I would even say you could give it up to a year even, but in this instance, we're just going to go with six months, right? So if it's less than six months old, don't do anything to it. Let it age a little bit more. So if the content is older than six months old, then we need to figure out if the web page gets a meaningful level of traffic. If it doesn't get a meaningful level of traffic, which I'll define later, then you need to look to see if the web page has any followed backlinks. So a do followed backlink. If it doesn't have any do follow backlinks, then you could delete it. Don't worry about it. It doesn't get traffic and it doesn't have any backlinks. No one's reading it. No one cares about it. You can delete it. If it does get a meaningful amount of traffic and it does have backlinks, then you should check to see if it can be updated, potentially to target a better keyword. Can it be updated to be a better piece of content that actually helps the you know visitor find more information or redirect it, right? So the fact is there's a, not much traffic going to it. There's not much organic traffic, any traffic at all. It does have a backlink. So there's a value on that page, right? It has a backlink. So If you are not going to update it, then you should 301 redirect it to something that is relevant, hopefully to that topic, all right? If there's nothing relevant, you may have to redirect it maybe just to the homepage, but that's not going to be as effective most likely. If you can redirect to something that is on the same topic or close to it, then you're going to be much better off. Again, the, the really the best scenario there is you realize there's a keyword that you could target with that content. So you would update it, update the title, and then you have hopefully a chance to rank for that keyword. All right. So those were the two scenarios. If the page doesn't really get a meaningful amount of traffic, if it does get a meaningful amount of traffic, then you should check to see if that traffic comes from organic search. If it gets a meaningful amount of traffic and a lot of that traffic is from search, then you can leave it as is. That's great. If 
it doesn't get very much organic search traffic, but it does get, you know, a decent amount of traffic otherwise, then you should review it, right? Again, there may be a opportunity to target a specific keyword a little bit better. You may realize that it's not actually a page that um, is targeting anything. So it could be getting traffic from some other source as well. If it's getting traffic from some other source, it may still be worthwhile. For example, maybe it's shared often on Facebook or there's a very popular pin or something like that. And every now and then it'll go viral. So definitely have a look. And that's one of the key things here. So some of the decision points are pretty easy, right? If the content gets traffic, if the traffic is mostly organic, you keep it. You don't do anything. That's easy, right? If it doesn't get much traffic, if it doesn't have any backlinks, you delete it. Who cares, right? Those are the two easy points. It's the it's the content that has links or it gets some traffic where you're going to have to go and evaluate and see what's going on. In some cases, right, you may have to or may realize that you should combine a few of your posts together. I know there's a few instances of that where I'm, I've literally targeted generally the same keywords on content. Sometimes that was me writing a blog post uh, four years ago and then writing another blog post that really is more of a case study or an example, but I used almost the same keywords for the title. Didn't do it intentionally, but I was like, oh, that's a good keyword. And then I just like published nearly the same thing again. Really dumb move. So I'll probably have to go and look and see I'm going to delete one of them and redirect the other. You know, there's just no way around it. What happens here, and one thing that is going to be difficult is you're going to have to throw out content that you think maybe is pretty good. Maybe one of those case studies, like I was describing, is a good one and people could get value from it, but it's literally targeting the same keywords and it's kind of redundant. There's no good reason to have redundant content. So, you got to throw out some good stuff or what you think is good stuff. So it's going to be a little bit difficult. It's going to take a little while. It's definitely going to take a little while. Now, the, the cool thing, right, because you're probably thinking, how do I determine what's a meaningful level of traffic? What is uh, the best method to see what content has links and compare that and kind of merge the data with the organic search traffic? That is one of the small technical issues you may run into. That is one of the things where I was thinking, well, I know how to get the traffic data. That's just Google Analytics. It's pretty straightforward to look at your overall traffic and then look at your organic traffic on a URL basis. Fairly straightforward. That's a you know report that you can get very easily. It's a little harder to find the do follow backlinked pages. You can get that data from Ahrefs or other backlink crawlers. The reason why I'm plugging Ahrefs so hard here, which is this is not sponsored. This is just a very good tool that they have. They have a Google sheet where you can pull and export reports from Google Analytics. They tell you exactly how to do it. You import it into your sheet and then you can do a, uh, I think it's like a site, uh, it's, it's one of the analysis tools over on Ahrefs in the paid 
tool, you can export the data for all of the pages that have backlinks that are do follow on your site. Then you can import that data into the spreadsheet. Then basically all the little decision points, the flow chart that I just described, it is automatically applied to every URL on your site. It's pretty fantastic and can save you a huge amount of time. The thing is I'm actually fairly proficient with Google Sheets or a spreadsheet app, Excel, whatever, but merging the data and analyzing it in the right way, eh, importing data can get a little bit messy. So I never actually merge the data and I, when I've done this in the past, yeah, just to be clear, I did use the exact sheet that I just described here and it imported everything beautifully. So it it made the work a lot easier. So now I know where to start. I don't have to do all that crazy analysis, pulling the data together and figuring out how to merge it. And that's where I got stuck before. I knew how to get the data. So I had a couple of spreadsheets and I was kind of like comparing and contrasting. But the thing is, it's much easier to just use their tool. So Ahrefs did a fantastic job and shout out to, I think, uh, who is this? Joshua Hardwick, who wrote this post, he's the head of content at Ahrefs. So shout out to to Josh and the crew there. Basically, you got to still do the work. So I have the spreadsheet. I have it filtered so I can see like, all right, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do the evaluations here. And I think the way I'm going to approach it is aim for the delete first. That's the easiest thing where I can clear out my list in a major way. So I'm going to delete a lot of the content. I will potentially 301 redirect it to another page. I know in this blog post, they redirected to their homepage. So that is not necessarily going to do anything. There's kind of the word on the street is, Uh, Google is probably going to treat that as a uh, soft 404, which basically I think that's like denoting that it's kind of irrelevant to 301 redirected to the homepage because the content is just not the same. I could be, you know, drawing a couple conclusions there, but that's the main idea. Now, a couple people out there are probably thinking, yeah, you get those benefits, Doug, and essentially the crawl budget is going to be better. And I've heard people talk about crawl budget and I never really paid much attention because I kind of figured, you know, I don't have a huge, huge site and it probably doesn't matter all that much. And I'll mention it here and kind of what they said over on the blog post. So the crawl budget essentially is the related concepts and systems that search engines use when deciding how many and which pages to crawl. Basically, it's the attention a search engine gives your site. So Google says that low value ad URLs can have a negative impact on indexing. I believe Josh mentions in the post that he doesn't really worry about it too much, but you know, if you could delete content that isn't very valuable, that's probably a smart move. And that's what I think as well. It's probably not going to make a huge difference on my crawl budget. It probably isn't an issue, but if I can get rid of content that no one is reading, Google is not ranking it anywhere. It's not getting any clicks. It's just dead weight. Why not get rid of it? There's no reason to keep it around. 
one thing I want to mention is that meaningful amount of traffic. It's one of the criteria that I mentioned before, and Ahrefs recommends one visitor per day as the metric to use. You can adjust that, right? Any of these little factors, like I said, six months is kind of the cutoff. You can make it one year. You can make it three months, whatever you want to do. So you could change those metrics to whatever you want. Six months is a good place to start. One visitor per day is a good place to start. I think it depends on the amount of traffic and the niche you're in and many other details. Depending on the traffic levels you're at, it may make sense to make it five visitors a day or maybe a visitor every three days. So you could tweak those numbers, but you know, for me, one visitor per day makes some sense. I've been going strong with dry January and, you know, it hasn't been so bad. Most of the time, I'm not thinking, man, I really want a beer. For some reason this afternoon, I am feeling like I would like to have a beer, but I've been sort of compensating with substitution beverages. And a lot of people were asking me, hey, do you drink the non-alcoholic beer? And the answer is fuck no. I haven't uh, tried any of that, but apparently people are telling me it's pretty good and blah, blah, blah. But I've been drinking these. um, It's just like the carbonated like fruit flavored water with like no calories, no anything else. It's just carbonated water. Comes in a can. Not bad. I probably should just like put some water in the kegerator and just carbonate it on my own. But we're getting all these cans of stuff and it tastes pretty good. And I'm just messing with people on the um, carbonated. uh, Oh, Georgie's going nuts out there. Hold on. Let me see what's going on. All right. The show must go on here. So basically I was just messing around. I I haven't tried any of the non-alcoholic beers, but I'm not... um, I'm not in the market for that right now. So probably unless, I mean, if I'm drinking a beer, there's going to be alcohol in it. I I actually enjoy the alcohol part. So I may brew some very low alcohol beers to just potentially sleep better. That's one of the big benefits that I have seen and observed from not drinking beer. The interesting thing is I haven't been sleeping as well the last couple of days. So I'm still able to sleep a little bit better, but I'm still kind of, or I started to wake up again, kind of early morning, earlier than I would prefer. So some of those benefits of uh, sleeping better, they're not as apparent. I still feel pretty good. I mean, there must be some, some lack of hangover that's making me uh, feel better. But uh, the point is dry January is going pretty good. You know, from a health perspective, it's probably much better for me. So that's a little update on dry January. And I did start another YouTube channel. I can't remember if I told you guys and gals that I started another YouTube channel where I'm probably going to do more like self-improvement kind of stuff and just not affiliate marketing or marketing related things. So There's just one video up at this point in time. It has a stupid placeholder name called Challenge Doug at this point, but I'll name it something better sometime in the future. But I was just thinking, you know what? I do see some interesting statistics and metrics and analytics from publishing unrelated content on my main channel. And I 
potentially see some value in making things a little bit more dedicated to a specific topic. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Got a couple questions. This segment is sponsored by Niche Website Builders, and you should check out their stuff. They have a few products, a few services that they offer. I would highly recommend you check out their content. Their content's pretty excellent. I have a standing 20,000 word order per month. They've been helping me out for a little while now. So you can get an additional 10% content, 10% more content, I think is the right way to say it. And you got to use my affiliate link. Those are listed in the show notes. So I appreciate it if you use them. I do get a commission. John sent in this email. Hey, Doug, hope you are well. And uh, oh, the subject line is thank you for KGR. So hope you are well. First, I would like to thank you for the KGR method. It's really great without any backlinks. Our most of the keywords are first, second, and third pages, but few reasons sell increase ration is too low. It's growing very slowly. If you have any suggestions, please let me know. I'll be waiting for your response. Thank you. You might notice that that sounded really funny when I read it out. And I did that for a reason. That is exactly what John sent over to me. So the the grammar's off. There was uh, very little punctuation in there. So it was like all in one line in one sentence. And I thought, well, that's a little funny. We do have a lot of non-English speakers or, you know, English is not the first language and international folks. That's fantastic. I love it. I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to help people or entertaining or you know, whatever reason people are listening and or reading the content. Obviously, John is finding some success with the KGR. They are indeed ranking on the first, second, and third pages. The thing is, I was intrigued. I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a look at this site. I'm going to take a look at this site. So I looked and John, I sent you a reply back and I said, check out the podcast. I'm going to answer in real time. So I do want to soften the blow. This is going to be a very uh, real critique. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm going to let you know what I think of the site. So when I landed on the homepage, it's the formatting is like all fucked up. Like something's wrong here. It's like there's no CSS on the homepage and it looks really bad. I also see that there's like featured images that are huge and they're sort of cutting cutting off the text. They're sort of cropped in a strange way. Essentially, the homepage looks like it's not formatted at all. It's scooted over. All, it's completely left aligned. All right, that's weird. It's completely left aligned. There's no margins and it just looks generally awful. And I thought, well, that's strange. Maybe your CSS is just kind of fucked up or something. All right. That could be not your issue, right? It could be some weird thing that's going on. I've seen some behavior like this uh, when I've seen like a CDN implemented incorrectly, or maybe there's a caching plugin that's removing your CSS. So something's wrong on the homepage. When I went to an actual blog post, it starts to look okay. I see there's like, you know, center aligned content. There is 
there's uh, margins on the outside, there's some padding, so it looks a little better. But then when I started reading the content, it looked like, the I mean, the content's really not that good. So there's the same kind of grammar issues. Some of the sentences just don't make sense. So either they were written by someone who doesn't speak English or English is not their first language and they're using some poor translations. It just doesn't make sense. Most of it doesn't make sense. So if I was in the market for the products that you are selling, I would read one to two sentences and then realize that the person who's writing the content, not only did they never use one of the products, they don't even know what it is. Like they're literally just reading some of the content on maybe the manufacturer's page, maybe just on Amazon, but the content is not helpful for the user at all. The huge problem is that is clear from the first two to three sentences. In fact, I think in the first 15 words, there's a grammar mistake that doesn't make sense. And the sentence doesn't make sense. So again, this is a harsh critique, but basically the content is very, very bad. So that is probably one of the main reasons why you're not ranking well. So fix the content, right? I hear this all the time. Hey, the content's fantastic. I have a very good writer. We edit it. Everything looks great, blah, blah, blah. And when I read the content, it's not very good. And it's clear that the person just doesn't realize how poor the content is, grammar mistakes, shit doesn't make sense. There's so many issues. Another part, again, as I scroll down and arbitrarily, like just randomly picked a certain blog post, one of the review posts, I see that the formatting is weird in that we have a font size that is used, right? It's like 16 or something, 20, it looks fine. And then in the same paragraph, it goes up by, I don't know, like 16 pixels. So it's like twice the size. So there again, there's some issue with the formatting. There's something screwed up here. I see you know, you're trying, you have published content, but there's not really, there's not much value here. So I would, the answer to your question here is, hey, what can we do? Um, I'm not really sure. You need to fix your content. It's in really bad shape here. And I think, um, you know, some of your other part of your question, I think maybe you're trying to improve your conversion rate. I'm not really sure um, from the actual question here, but your content is not trustworthy. It doesn't seem like I would trust any of the content on there because of the issues that I mentioned before. So that is probably a direct reason why your site is not converting well. I would not trust any of the information on your site. So again, that was a harsh critique, but it was, uh, you know, you're getting free coaching here. And, and I'm telling you, the content's not good. You need to fix it. For the people that are not native English speakers out there, one of the big tips, I got two big options, two major options. Number one, use Grammarly or a similar tool that will get rid of a lot of the little grammar mistakes that are silly and that can be picked out by, you know, a software tool. 
Grammarly. You could use the free version. If you use the paid one, it'll be even better with some stylistic information for you and critiques. So you can do an even better job. The paid version also has a plagiarism checker, which does a pretty good job in my opinion. So if you're hiring writers, you could double check and make sure it's written originally. The other option is to hire an editor that's a native English speaker and let them know the deal. Just say, hey, I don't speak English. I'm not sure about the certain expressions or if this makes sense. So I need to know. You can be harsh and just let me know if this content's good. I can go back to the writers and potentially have them rewrite it or not use that writer anymore. So very valuable to hire an actual editor that speaks the language of whatever it is that you're publishing in so that you can identify these sentences that like just don't make sense because technically it is a sentence. Technically there's no misspelled words and technically there's no grammar issues, but if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't lead to, you know, conversions. People are not going to trust it. And again, the worst part is that it's in your first sentence. Like people are going to bounce immediately. And I just randomly picked one post. So let, let me take a look at one other real quick. Yeah, other posts are bad too. So fix up the content. That's probably your issue. The fact that you're ranking on the first, second, and third pages is pretty astonishing. So that's great. And, you know, clearly you've probably done a pretty good job on your keyword research. So that's cool too. I would fix up that content. I think you're going to be in good shape after that. You know, a lot of the other stuff you're probably doing a pretty good job on, but just, you know, for the other folks out there, it's always good to internally link your content you can help you know, spread the link juice and create content relevancy and that sort of thing. I use a tool, Link Whisper, which is fantastic, really helps for that sort of thing to make sure you don't have pages that are out there orphaned, right? So that's the, the term that means a, a page or a URL that doesn't have any links to it at all. And I think like the rule of thumb is you don't want to have any URL on your site that's more than like two clicks away from your homepage. So that means you need to do a good job internally linking and be mindful of that. So John, hopefully you will take my comments in the, you know, the spirit that I intend them, which is to be helpful. And, you know, for other people out there, if you're struggling, if you're just like, I'm not really sure like why my content's not ranking, always check the quality. That's one of the number one things that I see out there, especially um, if you, if you wrote the content, if you had other people write it, like regardless, you may be a little too close to it and you look at it too much and then you read it and you're like, I'm not really sure. Is this right? So if you don't have the resources to hire an editor, find a family member, someone who is a friend of yours, just have them read it and get their honest feedback. Be sure to let them know you're not going to hurt my feelings. Hopefully they're not going to hurt your feelings, but um, you know, you got to have thick skin. If you want to improve, you're going to have to go through some periods which are uncomfortable and some of that uncomfortable stuff may be someone telling you your content sucks. So once you get past it, you can move on, improve the content. Don't make the same mistakes again. And again, one of the number one mistakes I see out there. So I'll be back pretty soon with an update 
these sort of things uh, usually will take a few months to actually see the impact. I know on page tweaks usually show their impact a little bit faster than say a link building campaign, for example, not always, but you'll often see on page changes happen pretty quickly and you'll see the impact for this is obviously going to take me a little while to work through it. My goal is to finish it in February, hopefully before the end of February, and then it'll take a little time before I'll probably see like a major impact. The ultimate goal would be if I ended up with a a huge amount of traffic during the next Google update, I anticipate after I make the changes, I'll see a slow incline, a slow bit of growth where I just get a little bit more traffic on the site, maybe some of the rankings that have dropped a little bit, slowly improve, that sort of thing. So we'll see how it goes. I will report back uh, regardless of the results. So you'll hear back probably in a couple months. I may check in or at least, you know, on these Thursday episodes, I do have a little little freedom to explore. Oh, what am I saying? I have freedom on all the episodes, but I can give like many updates here and there. If you have gone through this process, I would love to hear from you. In fact, I have been publishing more content from, uh, I guess, guest posters on Niche Site Project. So if you do have a case study where you did a content audit and you ended up with um, you know, much better rankings or worse rankings or whatever, it could be interesting. So feedback at Doug.show. Let me know if you've gone through a content audit and what you observed. That's it for this episode. So we'll catch you on the next one. And do me a favor, tell a friend about the show if you enjoyed it.